Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in Studio A today with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. So great to be here in the month of April. Oh, man, and we are still studying his favorite book, Leviticus. Oh, even this this Torah portion is interesting. And it just brings to mind my favorite verse in the Bible, this too shall pass. So... uh, Don't look at me like that. All right, so uh, I want to give a shout-out to Cedar Falls, Iowa. Now, I don't know who it is that's in Cedar Falls, Iowa. I know near Cedar Rapids, we have Bait Tehillah, Iowa. But all the way up in Cedar Falls, Iowa, our top listening city for this week uh, was Cedar Falls, Iowa. And so I just wanted to give you guys a shout-out, say thanks for listening. We really appreciate you, uh, whoever you are out there. If you want to send me an email, you can shoot me an email at ryan at twopraise.net. And that goes for everybody else who wants to reach out to me, Ryan at twopraise.net. You want to give a shout out to one of our members of our congregation? Yeah, I mean, I can give a shout out, or you could give yeah, a shout out. Yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to Alice Blair, who's listening to the podcast and uh, hopefully sharing with others. Amen. Listen, so let's we, just we say love that. Alice. Yeah, we do love Alice. Thanks for listening. Yep. Thank you, and Alice. Praying for us. Oh, yeah. And praying. You know what? We could, we cover your prayers. She's a prayer warrior. Yeah. She is. And we cover your prayers. We appreciate your prayers. Um, thank you guys so much for, for listening and praying for us and all that. But today, without further ado, we are going to study the book of Tazria, which means she conceives. Uh, it can be found in the book of Leviticus chapter 12 and verse 1 through chapter 13 and verse 59. And yeah, just a little refresher here for that, to lay a little foundation for the book of Leviticus. It is the middle book. You know, to the left is uh, Genesis and Exodus, then is Leviticus. To the right is Numbers and Deuteronomy. So it was it would be considered the meat of Torah. And of course, there are sacrifices and meat offerings. And so um, also this particular book starts with consecration and it ends with consecration. Uh, of course, uh, just as well, uh, chapters 1 through 17 is the way to God, which is where we're at today. And chapters 18 to 27 is the walk with God. So to make our way to God, there's some principles found here. Think of it as principles and uh, do your own homework, do your own studying. But there's a reason for everything, you know, and it's your responsibility to discover it. And all you're getting, get understanding. That's what it says in Proverbs. So uh, we're going to begin uh, Tazria with Leviticus chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Ryan's going to read that. This is the purification of women after childbirth. Oh, yeah. So here we go. Chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a woman have conceived seed and born a man-child, then she be unclean seven days, according to the days of the separation for her infirmity, shall she be unclean. And in the eighth day the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised, and she shall then continue in the blood of her purifying three and thirty days. She shall touch no hallowed thing, nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purifying be fulfilled." But if she bear a maid child, then she shall be unclean two weeks, as in her separation, and she shall continue in the blood of her purifying three score and six days. 
Then and, and when the days of her purifying are fulfilled for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring a lamb of the first year for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation unto the priest, who shall offer it before the Lord and make an atonement for her, and she shall be cleansed from the issue of her blood. This is the law for her that hath born a male or a female. And if she be not able to bring a lamb, then she shall bring two turtle doves uh, or two young pigeons, the one for burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for her and she shall be clean. Wow. Once again, these are, uh, these are laws on purification. So... Uh, a woman would be unclean after having a man-child for seven days. She would be considered unclean uh, after having a man-child for seven days. Uh, once again, remember, we're talking about the loss of blood. So she's going to lose blood, and that's a type of fluid. And, of course, uh, we continue to look at on the eighth day, uh, the man-child is to be circumcised on the eighth day. Uh, moving on now in this process... Uh, the purifying process for a woman after giving birth to a man-child would be, of course, 33 days. If you add up the 33 plus 7, you come to 40 days. So 40 is the number for testing or whatever, but you have 40 days of a process uh, uh, for a complete cycle there, of 40 days for a man-child, for a little male. So uh, very interesting, you know. So uh, my wife and I had three... Uh, Three males, three sons, and uh, once again, that process is 40 days, uh, and so you can just think about it. Um, it actually says here that she could not come into the sanctuary during her purifying process. Uh, she could not come into the sanctuary, uh, and it's understandable uh, as we look back in, in time and, and the whole um, hygiene thing and you know all of that, but the bottom line is that... Uh, that's the process. Uh, she could not come to the sanctuary during her purifying process uh, for 40 days if it was a man-child. Now, moving on, what about she has a daughter? So uh, it would be actually two weeks uh, for a woman among Israel to be unclean when bearing a female child. Once again, two weeks that she would be unclean. Uh, seven days for a son, uh, two weeks or 14 days for a daughter. Uh, she would have to continue in the blood of her purifying, that's what it says in Leviticus 12.5, for 66 days. So the uh, total time, once again, will be double. It's going to end up being 80 days, a total time of, I'm writing this down, total time of this process, 80 days. And then, of course, uh, we have some uh, some commentary here that I would like to give. Some people want to know, well, if you have a daughter, and, and by the way, you know, that process for, for, for males or sons is 40 days, so then I have the three sons, and then all of a sudden I have these four daughters. Ooh. Each one was 80 days. 80 days. Now, think about this. this is There's no intimacy, you know, you, you can't be together. It's a process, and it's telling you that she's in this process of healing and uh, purification. So, man, it put the fear of God on you. Um, so here's, here's some commentary that I thought was very interesting. Um, it says that, uh, God designs that the human female should bring forth children, um, that children should derive under his providence, their being all their solids and all their fluids 
in a word, the whole mass of their bodies from the substance of the mother. So they're in this fluid with the mother, you know, and so we're talking about uh, even, even the, the amniotic fluid, all this stuff. For this purpose, he has given to the body of the female an extra quantity of blood and nutritious juices. Wow. Huh. Think about that. For this purpose, he has given to the body of the female, the mother, an extra quantity of blood and nutritious juices. Before pregnancy, this superabundance is evacuated at periodical times. But in pregnancy, that which was formerly evacuated is retained for the formation and growth of the fetus or the general strengthening of the system during the time of pregnancy. So the monthly uh, cycle, you know, uh, a period, you know, yep. uh, of course, would, she would not have that. She would retain those nutrients in that blood. It's interesting. Let me read that again. So, so of course, uh, in pregnancy, that which was formerly evacuated is retained for the formation and growth of the fetus or the general strengthening of the system during the time of pregnancy. After the birth of the child, for seven or 14 days, more or less according to certain circumstances, that superabundance, no longer necessary for the growth of the child as before, continues to be evacuated. This was called the time of the females' uh, purification among the Jews. Wow, interesting. Once again, the fluids, the blood. Remember, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So you have these uh, fluids, you know. And uh, it's very interesting. Ryan, did you have anything that you'd like to share in regards to that? Uh, double the time for a daughter versus a son, but um, that's the process. No, I mean, just other than uh, saying that this is how God laid it out. Uh, he lays things out for a purpose. His ways are higher than our ways. Um, you know, I find I find it interesting in that we can point at certain things as, as a reason, this or that, but uh, sometimes I just revert back to, thus saith the Lord. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, we have the uh, the perfect will of God in His Word. He tells us what to do and how to do it, when to do it, and it's all right there in His Word. And then there are, of course, times where uh, He's sovereign. You know, he'll, he'll pull one over on you. He'll do something. And you're like, wow, you know, why did He do that? And you don't really have the answers that you, that you seek at this time. But uh, remember, the secret things, you know, they belong to God. Uh, but those things that are revealed... We are to reveal them to uh, ourselves and to, and to our children. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, of course, we have her after a purifying process. She's required to bring her burnt offering and her sin offering to the priest. She is required uh, to do that. Um, her burnt offering and her sin offering. Once again, uh, dealing with sin. Sin's missing the mark. So, you know, we know that we've all missed the mark. We've all come short of the glory of God. Uh, of course, were these two offerings to make atonement for her so she could be cleansed from the issue of her blood? Yes. Once again, these two offerings were to make an atonement for her so she could be cleansed from the issue of her blood. Um, you can actually find this in the New Testament. I believe Mary kept this in the Gospels with Yeshua when he was born. You know, um, We have a great uh, question that we uh, use in our discussion in our groups on Monday night, and the question is, why would the purification process of women after childbirth be so important from the Lord. You know, uh, I did some thinking on that, and the thing that I came up with is that, you know, when a woman uh, bears a child, uh, she carries it for nine months, and then she goes through the process of delivering the baby. 
I mean, she's participating in the creation process. Um, and it's an attribute of God being a creator. And so God rested after the creation, and, and therefore I feel like maybe God put in this provision to allow a woman to rest after the creative process. Um, and so that's that's kind of what I came up with. I thought that, um, you know, that joint partnership in creation uh, with God, uh, and then, you know, doing likewise like he did. Now, again, as far as why a separate one for the men versus the women, or the boys versus the girl babies, I'm not really sure, but the resting period, uh, just from a pragmatic standpoint, I also think is very, um, uh, I mean, just makes a lot of sense that, you know, the poor woman just needs a break, uh, let her rest. Don't, you know, give her a bunch of extra responsibilities. Right. Tell her her a break. She needs a rest. Tell her husband to leave her alone. Carried it for nine months and then. Yeah. Didn't give birth. Right. It's a process. It is. It's a lot of work, and, too. Uh, and that's the thing that we all have to learn. You and know? the work doesn't end when the baby... I mean, a lot. the work just changes when the baby's born. It doesn't end, right? Right. You know, uh, just to show you some interesting things here, in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 22, it says, And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. The law of the who? Yeah. Of the Lord? That's right. Huh. The law of the Lord in verse 24 of chapter 2 of Luke. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And I love this. Continue to read. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Wow. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, Then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Praise God. Wow. That's awesome. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Wow. Wow, That's awesome. So here's a guy that got a revelation that he would see the Christ, see the Messiah. You know, and I feel the same way inspired to say that, hey, we're going to see the Lord's uh, return and to the point of uh, through the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. So that's chapter 12. And, And once again, it is a process. You know, we're looking at a process here. You know, Ryan, we live in a culture that everything's quick and fast and double the drive through and quick grits and like a CD, you pop it in, you pop it out. I mean, all these things. And and God's just not like that. You know, I think God's like a crock pot. He sure is. You know, and when you let things just kind of simmer, put it on low, what an awesome meal. You know, we expect so many things overnight. You know, Ryan, I've been involved in the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement for 23 years. And I knew what I knew, and I, and I spoke what I spoke out as a message that God would do this and God would do that. And I feel like like Simeon, that I'm seeing Judah approaching Joseph, like I said would happen. Yeah. I've had opportunities to share the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement with pastors. That was a vision. So things are coming to pass for not for the faint of heart. 
but for those that truly desire the will of God. You know, and that's the thing about the altar of incense. Whatever the word says, let's pray what the word says. He said he'll take two sticks and make them one in his hand. You know, I'm reading a book right now, and they made such a big deal about the valley of dry bones and coming out of the Holocaust and all these things that, that are very relevant for today. And of course, what happens? It says it becomes an exceeding great army. But if you keep reading, God takes the two sticks, Ephraim and Judah, and makes them one in his hand, Ryan. Yeah. So if Judah's not in our life, how can he take the two sticks and make us one? So I want to throw that out to all of you that, that read the prophecies, even in Ezekiel. They go over it time and time again. Well, look, Israel's back in the land. It's a nation now after 2,000 years. They're the only people that could do this, the only you know ethnic group that could pull this off, and blah, blah, blah. But they don't keep reading that there's people coming out of the nations, Ryan. You and I are an example of this, that we are being grafted in. Once we were far away, Christ is bringing us near. But we're seeing this reconciliation between us and the Jewish people. Uh, call it Christianity, call it the church, whatever you want to call it. But there's this there's this day of reckoning, this reconciliation that's happening, and it is incredible. And so can't encourage all of you enough that as you read chapter 12, start doing your own research. Why is it 40 days for a male and 80 for a female? Dig deep. Ask the Holy Spirit. He'll show you. You know, and if we don't have all the answers, we still do it. You know, it's like my wife and I. We knew it was 40 for a son and 80 for a daughter, and so we weren't intimate in, the, in that time period, and we just knew that that's what you do. You know, we don't make up excuses and say, well, that's been done away with. Or No, he said it's a purification process. It gives you something to look forward to. And yeah. your wife's for it. <laughs> She's all for it. So let's move on to chapter 13. It's incredible. Moving Walls on. about leprosy now. Um, I'm going to have Ryan go ahead and read, because we love the public reading of scriptures. Uh, Leviticus chapter 13, verses 1 through 11. All right, here we go. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, or bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought unto Aaron the priest, or unto one of his sons the priests. And the priest shall look on the plague in the skin of his fle- of the flesh, and when the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague in the sight be deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy. And the priest shall look upon him and pronounce him unclean. If the bright spot be white in the skin, and his flesh, uh, I'm sorry, in the skin of his flesh, and in the sight be not deeper than the skin, and the hair thereof be not turned white, then the priest shall shut up him that hath the plague seven days. And the priest shall look on him the seventh day, and behold, if the plague in his sight be at a stay, and the plague spread not in the skin, then the priest shall shut him up seven more days. And the priest shall look on him again in the seventh day, and behold, if the plague be somewhat dark, and the plague spread not in the skin, the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is but a scab, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean." But if the scab spread much abroad in the skin after he hath been seen of the priest of his cleansing, he shall be seen of the priest again. And if the priest see that, behold, the scab spreadeth in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprosy. When the plague of leprosy is in a man, then he shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall see him. And behold, if the rising be white in the skin and have turned the hair white, and there be quick raw flesh in, in the rising, 
It is an old leprosy in the skin of his flesh, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean and shall not shut him up, for he is unclean. That's just a little introduction now. Um, you think about the uh, dermatologists of today, that's what they were. They were dermatologists. There was something that was happening and something going on. Uh, today we would say that uh, sin is leprosy. Leprosy is sin. It's kind of symbolic. It's kind of saying something's wrong. But uh, if you had a spot on your body and the hair inside of it was white and it was deeper than the skin of the flesh, uh, you were considered to have leprosy. Okay, this little sign, your body's telling you something, the body's telling you something. Once again, if you had a spot on your body and the hair inside of it was white and it was deeper than the skin of the flesh, you were considered to have leprosy, yes. And then, of course, who was responsible for diagnosing leprosy but Aaron, uh, the priest, or one of his sons. Now, you are considered unclean if you have leprosy, okay? You are considered unclean. Uh, so that's the state of being because God is trying to teach us what's clean and what's unclean. And, and we just saw that in what Leviticus 11. He's telling you what to eat, what not to eat. You know, Rabbi Messer was saying that if you'll listen to anything, you'll eat anything. So you don't or really, if you'll eat anything, you'll listen to anything. Yeah, if you'll eat anything, you'll, you'll listen to anything. But right. anyway, it, it goes hand in hand. Uh, so once, once again, in order to be reexamined for leprosy, uh, the individual will have to be quarantined for an additional seven days. Uh, if the plague did not spread after being examined on the seventh day by the priest, uh, the next step was to, of course, shut him up seven more days. Uh, so once again, uh, a person would be quarantined for the first seven days, then re-examined, and then, of course, uh, if it didn't really uh, spread, it would shut him up seven more days. Now, uh, the priest would do this in the second week on the seventh day. Uh, if the plague be somewhat dark and the plague spread not in the skin, the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is but a scab, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. So this is the process that we're looking at for a uh, for the of course the disease of leprosy. Now, if the plague did not spread after being reexamined on the fourteenth day, um, they would be clean. Okay, if the plague did not spread after being reexamined on the fourteenth day, they would be clean. You know, Ryan, this reminds me of. The simple thing of you know, um, you know how sin can can just overtake us. Um, you know, like you ever just tell a lie, then you have to tell another lie for the lie, and like sin just spreads. It's like leaven, right? Sin's like leaven. I know none of our listeners have ever experienced that, but yes, I, I mean, have, I have. I mean, I'm just that. saying, a little leaven, what leaveneth the whole lump? Leaveneth the whole lump. So you know, one little swelling, one sin can affect a lot of people. Oh yeah. So uh, that's why we got to be cautious in that regard. Um, and so, once again, just think about it, you know. And also, uh, there's references to uh, having Lashon Hara, uh, skin diseases. People actually give testimonies of how they've spoken Lashon Hara and received boils. Somebody shared last night wow. about they had it in for somebody, were really disappointed and hurt and, and just mad and just kind of like, you know, this person, you know, I just, just really set them off, you know. And, uh, and just kind of blasted them behind closed doors or whatever and, and talked about them and Next thing you know, they got a boil. Oh. So, you know, something to think about, you know. Um, you know, there's definitely something to be said. So that's Lashon Hara, which is the evil tongue. Yeah, for, for something, yeah, Lashon Hara is the evil tongue, um, which is saying, you know, negative things about people. But uh, there's definitely something to be said for your skin expressing things that are happening on your insides, right? Um, your skin is the largest organ in your body, and it's also the most visible. 
And so when... Is the skin the largest organ? It is the largest organ that's, in your that's, body. That's incredible. And so when you consider that, and then you know, hey, the secret sins, the things that get inside me, can manifest themselves on the outside of my skin, uh, whether it be secret sin or whatever. And, and just let me encourage you, whatever you're dealing with, the lie that the enemy tells you is that you need to hide. Well, what happens is those things that you hide and you bottle up, it's poison in your system, and what ends up happening is you end up seeing it manifest itself. Um, and I can actually speak to this from experience, and the the answer in the end is that those of us that confess our sins one to another, right, the same shall be saved, right? That, that we This is a process of, of confession and repentance and forgiveness, and that is the gospel that Jesus Christ has given us, that you know we confess our sins to the Lord, we repent, and we receive salvation. You know, and that's interesting, Ryan. We're going to talk about this later, but you, you were talking about secret sins, hidden sins. You know, uh, we have uh, in Leviticus chapter 18, forbidden sexual practices. Most of these examples are done behind closed doors or in private, where no one can see it. Yeah. So notice that it's chapter 18. So what are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is chapters 1 through 17 is the way to God. Now, if we want to walk with God in chapter 18... Yeah, we have to expose these things. Ah, so we have bring to be into honest, the light. and that's how you get the glory of God. You well, know? and that's why you go to who? You go to the priest. I I agree. And you know? and in this in this case, right, the priests are giving the law, and some of these laws are real basic, like washing, right? <laughs> um, that's true. You know, you know, it, it's just a. I, I know it sounds silly to maybe to us today. Good hygiene. Well, and people talk negatively. And the, and the whole bubonic plague, remember that oh, whole yeah. thing? The Jews were very clean and meticulous about washing their hands and stuff. Correct. But they blame them for it. Well, but, exactly. But, Why don't you have the plague, but yeah. we have the plague. Well, because well, they were, I wash my hands. Yeah, you because know? they had yeah, they had a uh, good hygiene. Well, you know, and, that, and you can go back and study it for yourself. It's amazing. You know, uh, the more you wash your hands, the less germs you carry. Yeah. I mean, not to be a germaphobic, but I'm saying that it's good to wash your hands. Well, now we have a a scientific understanding of germs. Right. And at that time, God is giving them basic instructions of hygiene, and people want to pick on Leviticus about, you know, the clean and the unclean. Ceremonial laws. Yeah, calling it ceremonial, but I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, we take showers today, right? All of these things are scientifically proven. We wash our hands you know, all of these things. And there's, listen, don't get me wrong, there's man's commands. Remember uh, the disciples were uh, eating out of the field, right? Oh, well, they're like, hey, they can't do that. They didn't wash their hands. Yeah. God doesn't have that commandment. No, it's not. And God does give the commands that he does. And so I think that one of the, again, the Torah, in my opinion, is like low-hanging fruit. This stuff is not hard, right, to wash yourself or if you have something on your skin to go get it checked out by a professional. Yes. I mean, those are basic things <laughs> that make sense, and yet we pick on That's Leviticus. It. So we continue with the laws about leprosy. Uh, leprosy could break out on the head or the beard. Uh, it could break out on the head or the beard. So you have, of course, the skin, uh, the head or the beard. Um in Leviticus chapter 13, verse 30, Ryan, if you could read that. Oh, with great um, pleasure. Let, let yes, me just 13, read that for you. 30. It says, Then the priest shall see the plague, and behold, if it be in sight deeper than the skin, and there be in it a yellow thin hair, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a dry skull, even a leprosy upon the head or beard. Wow, once again, leprosy is a plague. If it be deeper than the skin, and there be in it a yellow thin hair, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. 
it is a dry skull, even a leprosy upon the head or beard. Uh, so once a person is declared uh, clean, though, uh, what they had to do with their clothes was to uh, wash their clothes and be clean. They had to wash their clothes and be clean. Uh, once again, it's always a good sign to see a black hair uh, grow up in the affliction of the skin. You know, I have, I have a receding hairline, and uh, <laughs> and of course, uh, any black hair is good for me. You know, I know uh, it's very precious. Um, Which you don't really have the gray thing going on just yet. No, it's fine. Really. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's for another time. You don't want to talk about it. No, but I, yeah, <laughs> you be the warrior, I'll be the sage. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, good news for some of you with receding hairlines or or, or, or you're bald. Uh, the Bible does talk about baldness. Let, let's read that. We have some people in our congregation that, that are bald. Leviticus chapter 13, verses 40 and 41. Everybody says, oh, you should have a good head of hair, Fabio. And it's, no, it's, I just think listen, that... hair is overrated, Ryan. Hair today, gone, gone tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, so let's yeah. read Leviticus 13, verses 40 and 41. Isn't this exciting, Ryan? It's not because I have, this in I have school? a beautiful full head of I hair. I know you do because you're 30. You're a warrior. I'm 32. Okay, but my I... hair was ripped out when I was a warrior, okay? <laughs> Now I'm a sage. Yeah, the good news is I don't have any bald people in my my immediate, you know, uh, grandfathers. You can't or... resemble that remark. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Does the Bible talk about baldness? Leviticus chapter 13, verses 40 and 41. All right, here we go. I'll read it. Thank and you. the man whose hair is fallen off his head, he is bald, yet is he clean. Thank you. You're welcome. And he that hath his hair fallen off from the part of his head toward his face, he is forehead bald, yet he is clean. These are, I mean, again... Common sense. <laughs> you, you don't get bald from the back to the front. Have you noticed that? That's not true. I, you know what I think it is? That's not true. People well, get... Look at... I, I mean... Uh, that's a receding hairline like me. I'm just saying that it's the wind hitting us slowly... Oh, because you're just a mover and a shaker. You're just going so fast. Well, because maybe that's what it is. The wind's hitting you, <laughs> uh, and it's just tearing your hair out. Yeah, okay. It, I tell you, the Bible has everything. <laughs> it's okay to lose your hair. It's all vanity. Yeah. You know, I see these people. Well, I can imagine at the time, things, you know, being worried about like, oh gosh, my hair's falling out. What's wrong with me? You know? Oh, listen, I was at a church one time, and this guy had a, like... He was like Trump, but he had a head of hair. It was really nice. <laughs> like Trump. I kid Trump. you not. So you're saying Trump has a nice Listen, head of hair? I kid you not, but little did we know, after the service out in the parking lot, a strong wind came. Oh. And that thing started swirling around yeah. and pulling out, and he had just designed it and combed it to cover his head. Oh, man. Listen, the it comb over is an it art. It was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. The art you know, of the to comb cover over. things up, you know. You know. They say you could like spray the top of your head with this black, like... Oh, Yeah hair polish or coming something. to a fundamentalist church near you but i was like that's scary man you know that just and it makes it look fuller uh you know full, did you say foolish or fuller fuller oh okay i thought because you because you, you spray the top it's all vanity folks it is we, we gotta move on you know, the here. trend nowadays is that if you start to go bald you just shave your head you just go just go totally bald Teaches out. Yeah, I don't know if you're there yet because you're not that bald. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, but it may so, come a so day. So we're moving on to Leviticus chapter 13, verses 42 through 44. So uh, was it considered leprosy if you had a white reddish sore on your bald head or forehead? The answer is yes. If you had a white reddish sore on your bald head or forehead, uh, once again, uh, white reddish sore, you were considered uh, leprous. Uh now, the, uh, the leper was commanded to cry out that they were unclean, Leviticus 13.45. We can find that in the New Testament as well. Yeah. Uh, I do believe we can look that up later. But the, yeah, a leper was commanded to cry out that they were unclean. 
Which is interesting. You Leper know, colonies. I've seen this uh, in movies portrayed where like they run around and they go like unclean. Uh, and they're like doing this like dramatic, like pathetic scream or whatever. It's sad. It is pretty sad. And I'm, you know, there's still leprosy today, Ryan. There is, but I'm I'm sure that these folks are probably saying it like unclean, un like I you mean, know, you know, it gets here, old after a while because they're unclean and they're in a leper colony. They had to dwell alone without the camp. That's where they lived. They had to dwell alone without the camp. Leviticus thirteen and without 46. meaning outside the camp. Yeah. I mean, that's the King James for outside. Right. So uh, the three things that could happen to a garment that was contaminated, the three things that could happen to a garment or clothing that was contaminated was, number one, you can burn it. Number two, you can wash it. Or number three, you can rend it, Mm. which is you take a a piece out. Uh, Once again, I I like to wash it better, the best, you know, uh, being able to wash it that was contaminated, you know. Um, and you think about even mold that gets on stuff, you know, mold can get on all kinds of things, metal, yeah. plastic. Yeah. And each one of those know. three things has a specific, you, you know, know, we're, we're really circumstance. We're looking and making sure we don't have mold and different things. You know, we're going to get into that later. But, oh yeah. But anyway, um, so, you know, um, but here's, here's actually a, uh, a great discussion that we had last night. Uh, here, here it is, Ryan, and I'll let you take a shot at it first. Uh, In times past, the children of Israel would go to the priesthood to learn about the Torah and to help them with different circumstances. Why would people today choose other means, like examples, uh, drugs, alcohol, the government, etc., to solve their problems instead of going to the modern-day clergy or church? Mm. Why would they choose door number two besides door number one, which is sanctioned by God? Um, why, why would they do that? I believe it's twofold, and I don't know which came first, right? The chicken or, chicken or the egg. But, well, I say twofold, meaning there's two, two category pieces here. The first is poor performance and PR by the church as a whole. Um, right, bad representative. Right. Bad so, witness. Correct. Um, and then on the other part is, uh, and that this may actually be part of the second part that I'm, I'm mentioning, is that there's a targeted uh, strategic attack from the enemy and he does it through through multi prongs through the culture through you know uh, media through the church um, to kind of just change the perspective of the people in in a way that hey uh, I can't depend on the Lord or His representatives I need to go and depend on say the government or I'm going to self medicate and depend on myself through drugs or alcohol or- and this question only pertains to the believer I mean if you're not a believer you're not going to go to the clergy. Well, let's and, just say you are a believer, but, but the but average, you believe in God. But the average believer doesn't go to the clergy, right? Um, you know, it's funny. Like we foster. When I was deciding on what foster agency we were going to sign up with, um, I had really one main question: which one is the faith-based organization? And that's the one that we joined. Um, you know, and that just happens to be in our county um, that there's multiple organizations, not just a government entity. So we had a, a kind of a choice as to where we go. Not everybody um, has that option. Um, other things uh, are, you know, when I'm going to align myself strategically uh, with another business and I see, you know, there's this business or that business that I could align with, whichever one of those is uh, owned by, you know, a Christian or a faith-based uh, person, um, and by Christian, I mean just Christian, right? Um, then those are the ones that I'm going to choose. So it's kind of like uh, a way that we should be looking at the world but I would venture to say that the average person going to a church kind of almost separates their their faith-based life from their secular life. And it 
it doesn't dawn on people that, hey, everybody in your church also lives a secular life. They have a job, they have responsibilities, they, they interact with government agencies, with employers, with employees, with, you know, uh, you know, just the public sector of life in general, and that we should be seeking each other out and supporting each other in order to fulfill that, that you know, uh, idea that the, you'll, they'll know that you're my disciple by your love for one another. And that's one of the themes for our Passover this year, the Feast of Passover, is to see, see Yeshua in one another. See Yeshua in one I see it's the easy, Yeshua in it's, you. It's easy to... Uh... Sometimes it's hard, but I see it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you, yeah. Honesty's the best Sometimes policy. i got to look deep. Honesty is the best policy. Let's sing that song. <laughs> So once again, you know, um, some people just say, you know, I was hurt by the church. I'm not yes. going back. Yeah. I, I spoke with one of our elders that uh, her brother was like, he had his feet up on, on in the seat up on in the church, and one of the elders smacked him in the back of the head and said, get your feet down, boy. He never went back into church after that. Wow. Just that one little incident set him off. So anyway, uh, just think about it. Uh, in closing here, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion Tazria, she conceives, uh, Leviticus chapter 12, verse 1, all the way through chapter 13 and verse 59. Uh, the question is from a consensus of the group, and so this is what we got. Uh, I actually have here, uh, number one, there is a process for everything in our personal circumstances. Okay? There is a process for everything in our personal circumstances. So God has us to go through a process, you know. Um, and number two, God is a God of order. Uh, leprosy could be symbolic of sin. So God is a God of order. Leprosy could be symbolic of sin. So if we have some kind of manifestation or sore or health issue, it could be spiritual. Uh, be in Health is a very good ministry out of Thomaston, Georgia with Pastor Henry Wright. Uh, I highly recommend that uh, people go to the For My Life program. It's about a week-long program to go there and just do a spiritual audit Get yourself checked out. There's a lot of sick people that go there that have sicknesses and diseases and um just to give you a quick example, when Pastor Henry Wright was here riding in my 98 Buick Skylark, yeah, we call it the Green Hornet, uh, he was in the front seat and we were driving, and I was sharing with him about my symptoms of sinusitis. For those of you that are listening, check this out. It changed my life. So sinusitis and uh, how I had battled that, and I was born with asthma, I, of course, outgrew that, but I had some problems with my respiratory system in the past. But to make a long story short, he looked over at me, he said, son, that's fear of failure. Mm. And I looked at him, and I, I thought, man, I spent thousands of dollars, natural remedies, three surgeries for deviated septum, and he just leans over so casually, <laughs> so precisely. Son, that's fear of failure. Wow. So basically what he taught me was I have to, to renounce that I'm a failure. Yeah. You have to, you know, I had to say, I am not a failure, you know, and so it worked. From that time on, I never got a sinus infection. Do I get some bouts of sinusitis or a little stuffiness? Yeah, but I renounce that I'm not a failure. And you have to understand that. You have to speak to yourself. You know, you have to minister to yourself, lay hands on yourself, and pray for yourself because, you know, the first person you lead is yourself. That's right. right. So anybody listening to this, if you're, if you're battling sinusitis, you're not a failure. I'm telling you, it's from my own heart. This changed my life. I would I would get an infection so bad that my head would hurt for like seven days, and then I would develop polyps. It was a vicious cycle. Then yeah. I would take steroids to shrink the polyps in my nasal cavity, and it was just it was off the charts. It was bad, that's terrible. So once I got to the root of this, I'm well. So that's that's just Praise food God. for thought. Once again, this is Tazria. Uh, it's relevant for today. Check it out. Get get with the Holy Spirit. 
he'll give you some nuggets, dig deep, and, and find some some additional things as well. And uh, I'm going to let Ryan close us out. Yep. So I got my two points. Um, the first one is to depend on God and make decisions with the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, to the point that we were kind of just making with the, the previous question about why don't people depend on uh, the church and clergy, um, I think that there should be a movement to... Uh, do both things for us as uh, people that are going to church to depend more on the church to go and seek help at the church rather than going elsewhere. Um, you know, uh, a perfect example is counseling. Uh, I would prefer to go to a, a Christian counselor than to just some you know psychiatrist or psychologist from a secular perspective, uh, because they may have you know some good ideas, but are they God ideas? That's the better question. Uh, I, I don't. I won't, don't want to forget. You got two two I, points. I do have another point, but you can go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I want to finish up with 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 your second point. Okay. Before I forget, but yeah. Yep. So point my number two. My second point is uh, clean and unclean. Uh, Tame and Tahara. You know, uh, I I get questions all the time. You know, in this Torah movement, you're going to come and there's going to be opposition, especially from mainstream Christianity. Your Christian friends. You've been going to church all this time. You start talking about the Torah and the relevance of it and all this, and they're going to bring up stuff. And without a doubt. Every time I'm in like a general setting and there's multiple people there, somebody busts out with, well, what about Leviticus? You're going to put your wife outside the camp when she's on her period? And I'm like, well, first off, have you read Leviticus? Because it doesn't say that. Second of all, um, you know, I'm going to uh, look at the principles of clean and unclean and the things that I can keep, you know, within it. And I'm going to apply those things to my life, especially in the ways that they're relevant for today. Why? Because those are God ideas not just good ideas. And so the clean and unclean is also not necessarily sin. Um, if you, you know, if a woman is unclean after giving childbirth, does that mean that she sinned in giving birth to a child? Obviously not. No, but the life of the flesh is in the blood and that blood is, is special. But I'm just making the point that the fluids, that the, the clean and unclean is not necessarily sinful and righteous. And I don't want people to, when they're listening to this and they're reading Leviticus, to get the misperception that clean and unclean equals you know, righteous and sinful, because it doesn't necessarily. Now, if you were to purposely put yourself in a state of uncleanliness and then go and perform things or duties that require you to be clean, then that would in fact be a sin. Um, and God kind of lays out the specifics for that. And you need through the Holy Spirit's guidance to kind of figure out what those things are as they're relevant to you. But I would say that it's important to understand that uh, being clean is being set apart for God and being in a status where you're prepared and ready to do the duties that God has called it you to do. It is a status. Correct. And we, we move in and out of these realms all the time, clean Correct. and unclean, clean and unclean. But, but in closing, two examples in regards to leprosy. You know, King Uzziah forced his way uh, into the, uh, the holy place, and he wanted to do the incense. Mm. And, and if you go back and actually read it in context, but if I'm not mistaken, like 80 priests tried to stop him. But he was so forceful and so adamant about doing this. And uh, they tried to talk him out of it. You're the king. You're not a priest. You can't do this. This is not your job, you know. And so he stepped out out, out of bounds there, you know. He, he went outside the boundaries. And he was struck with leprosy, Ryan. He was angry, and he was put outside the camp. Yep. You know, so think about that. Being stubborn can bring a skin affliction. Um also, uh, another example is Miriam came against her own brother Moses, Moshe, in his leadership role and challenged him. And what happened? She broke out in leprosy oh. and was 
and of course she was healed, but she was put outside the camp for seven days. Remember that? Yep. And she so was, that tour she was repented. kicking in. That tour was kicking in fresh and new right there. Even oh, among yeah. the leadership, no one's above reproach. Remember that. Even myself as a pastor, we're not above reproach. We have to have an offering as well. We have to have. Uh, enjoy that tour portion, and next week we'll continue on. Uh, and be blessed, and, and once again, we just appreciate uh, all of you that listen to the podcast. Once again, uh, we are uh, doing a, a, a building drive here to pay off this building that we have, and 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 to do that accordingly. You know, we have a five thousand dollar a month mortgage. So once again, if you would like to go to our website and contribute and help us to do that to meet operating expenses. And you, you really enjoy this podcast. Every little bit counts, even a dollar, even $5. We appreciate it uh, to pay off our building. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, I hope that you guys can get something out of this and apply it to your life uh, today and throughout this week until we meet again. Um, if you want to reach out to me, again, you can get me at ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. I love your emails. I love it when you guys send me encouraging notes. I love it when you guys send me challenging questions. Just, you know, send them on over. Uh, we love to hear from you. I know a lot of times it's just you need somebody to bounce something off of, and so we, uh, we want to be a resource for you. Um, if you want to uh, live stream our services, you can do it every Saturday. Uh, either at topraise.net or on any of our social media, uh, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Periscope, um, Facebook, all of the above. Uh, and uh, if you want to call the office, 813-654-2222. God bless you guys. Have a great week.